This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, lovely humans. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, this is a podcast. Sometimes people like to comment that I talk a lot. I do talk a lot, but it's because it's a podcast. You can check the timestamps. I always link them down below if you just want to hop to a specific part of the video. If you are listening on audio platforms, this might be one that you may want to tune into on YouTube, which I will link in the show notes as well. I'll probably be including some B-roll and just kind of additional things to help you understand some of the concepts. So that's always an option. And for everybody listening, I am still feeling not great, not so hot. I have taken more tests than I thought existed in the state of Michigan and they're all negative. So it's genuinely allergies and they are kicking my butt. So please bear with me through the sniffling, the deep voice, the watery eyes. I'm trying guys, I'm trying. All right, on today's episode, I wanna talk about my YouTube content creation process. This is gonna be the most in-depth video about this process that I have made. YouTube is my primary content marketing platform. As you know, maybe I post two to three YouTube videos a week and it is my number one referrer to my website. Um, It is really the hub of all of my content. I always say this and I'm not joking, I don't think I would have the business I have without YouTube. I'm very grateful for it and it's also a lot of fun. So I wanna share my entire process for those of you who are looking to use YouTube in a similar way or even if you are just a content creator and you just wanna like start posting content on YouTube, I'm gonna talk about the equipment that I use. I'm gonna talk about my step-by-step process for getting videos created, uploaded, edited, um, and, and really everything in between. Okay, so to start, you need to have a content strategy you need to have topics, you need to have ideas for content. And this is one of those things that I will admit, it comes and goes in waves for me, the creativity involved with that. Like right now, I'm kind of in a bit of a content rut. Like I I just don't really feel super inspired or I, I don't know, I just don't have a ton of ideas. Other times I have too many ideas to film. Like I'm like, I, I wanna post a video every day. So what I do is I take advantage of those creative times and I just jot down ideas as they come to me. I use my notes app and my phone and on my computer and I just write a note that says video idea and then I just like write down the ideas when they come to me. That way when I am in this season, you know, in a like less inspired season, and I need ideas, I just go to my phone and I search video or a podcast idea, and I have a bunch of ideas that I had written down at a time when I was feeling more inspired. Also, I should say, um, disclosure, I do have help with my channel now. I do have some amazing members of my team who do help me out with some of this stuff, but I'm gonna be speaking only from like if I was doing this by myself because I did do this by myself for many years. I only recently like in the past year started getting, you know, more help on the channel. Then I go into Asana and I have an Asana calendar built out as my content calendar. I actually have a whole YouTube video about how to set that up. So I will link that if you want to check that out for the step-by-step on that. But I just start throwing in those different content ideas throughout the calendar and just kind of mix them up 
where they they fit most. For example, like a revenue streams video or a new year video or income videos or goals videos, those all do well at the beginning of the year slash the end of the year. So I might save some of those, move those around to the end. You get the idea, pay attention to seasonality, pay attention to all of that kind of stuff. Launches, you know, if I have a launch for the social media management accelerator, I'm gonna keep most of my social media management content to that kind of launch period as opposed to sprinkling it in now. I also have content pillars that really drive my topic ideas. So a content pillar is gonna be kind of a bucket or a theme for your content. So there are certain things you know you can get on this channel, you can get social media tips, you can get social media management um, how-tos and advice, you can get freelancing advice, you can get entrepreneurship mindset. So come up with a few content pillars and. I recommend, especially when you're first starting out, to be more niche than not. So I do talk about kind of a lot of things on this channel nowadays. I talk about more than just social media management or just online courses. I talk about a little bit of all of it. But when I was very first starting out and trying to really find my place in this community, I really only stuck to like social media management content in the beginning. This just helps people know what they're going to get. It helps you really rank for that particular keyword instead of kind of spreading yourself too thin. And we'll talk more about keywords later on in the episode. Another thing about the content pillars is you wanna make sure that your content pillars tie back to something that you actually offer. So if you're using YouTube for business, you want people to be able to pay you for your work, right? If you're just using it for fun, then ignore this part. But for example, like I like, I like clothes. I don't know, I like outfits and fashion and stuff like that. I'm not gonna do fall fashion looks on my YouTube channel because I don't have like a style course or any coaching or anything like that in that space. I might just post my outfit of the day on Instagram or on TikTok or something that's a little bit more casual and who cares. Um, You want your content pillars to actually tie back to something that you can offer. So like if I am this vegan pepperoni company, I'm gonna do recipes that actually require vegan pepperoni. So people say, oh, I need that vegan pepperoni to complete this recipe. I am going to do maybe just like healthy eating tips or something like that. And you talk about how going plant-based might arguably be healthier for certain medical conditions and things like that. So again, it encourages people, hey, I wanna go plant-based, but I wanna still enjoy my favorite foods, so I need this vegan pepperoni. So you wanna do that same thing for your business. For my business, I am not talking about fashion, like I said. I'm not talking about graphic design, even though I do a little bit of like loose design in my work. That's not really the bread and butter. That's not a service I offer. I don't have a course on graphic design, so it doesn't really make sense for me to like go very heavy with that. If you don't have content ideas, you know, always be learning, like stay educating yourself. I read books. I'm always reading at least one business book. I go to conferences and stuff virtually and in person when we can. Um, You know, I'm always in mastermind groups and talking to other entrepreneurs. So honestly, that's where the majority of my content ideas come from. Even if I'm not having a particular issue in my business, if I'm seeing it come up a lot in a mastermind or something, I'm like, hey, this seems like something I should talk about. So that really helps. You can also use different tools. I talked, I've talked many times about Reddit and Quora and Answer the Public. You know, there's a few websites like that that you can just kind of type in social media management, online business, whatever the case may be, and they'll give you some topic ideas. So then in my Asana content calendar, I go into those ideas and first I optimize the title. And I think this is really important to do first. A lot of people leave this till the end. It's really important to make sure that you know what your title is gonna be before you sit down to film. 
um, for most types of videos. Obviously for a vlog, that's not the case, but if you're doing any type of sit down video or like a video podcast like this, come up with the title first. And what I do is I use a tool called TubeBuddy, tubebuddy.com slash Latasha, it will be linked. And it is really, really helpful. It's a browser extension and you can just type in the, the topic. So like, let's actually do one right now. Um, let's say that I am a vegan pepperoni company or something like that, if that's even a thing. So we're going to make a YouTube video called how to make the best vegan pizza or how to make a vegan pizza. So I'm going to type in how to make a vegan pizza into the YouTube search bar. And since I have this Chrome extension, this is not an ad, by the way, they're not sponsoring this. Since I have this Chrome extension, there's gonna be this little thing on the sidebar called a search explorer that comes up and it shows me the search volume for that topic. It shows me how many searches per month are being you know, searched for, how many people are searching for that topic per month and what the competition is like. And then it gives me an overall kind of score. And this one is 38 out of 100 if I use that title. I'm actually gonna maybe add to it or switch it up a little bit to see if I can get a higher score than a 38. So maybe I will say best vegan pizza recipe. Let's see how that one sizes up. Good, it's 45 out of 100, so a little better. Um, vegan pepperoni pizza recipe. Okay, so this would be the winner. Vegan pepperoni pizza recipe has a very good rating, 78 out of 100. That's probably gonna be the best that we're gonna get for that. You can of course play around, you can add like in 2021 or um, at home or low carb or you know add on different little elements to see what gets you the best title, but that that in this case would be what I would use. So I'd add that into a sauna. And the reason that it's important to know this before you start shooting is because it might be different, right? Like if I were to just do the vegan pizza recipe, maybe that could be just an all veggie pizza or a vegan sausage pizza or something like that. But if I see that the vegan pepperoni in particular is doing better, then I know that is what I need to do. So this has happened to me many, many times. I might think I'm gonna film a particular video and then the topic sort of changes once I get into the SEO of it all. And then in that Asana task, I write out an outline. Now I don't script most of my videos word for word. I do for some client videos that I do, or if I have something that's just very, I really don't wanna mess up, I will script it and I will use a teleprompter. I use, I have two different teleprompters. To be honest, I don't love either of them. I love this small one that I have. It's called the Parrot teleprompter. The problem is the remote on it like stopped working randomly. So it is such a pain. It works with my iPhone. I just use my old iPhone 7 Plus and it works really nicely, but the remote is messed up. So I kind of don't love that one. And then I have another one that I just got on Amazon and it's a full size or a bigger teleprompter that I use with my iPad. And that one, I just don't, I feel like it ha it gives a tint, a weird tint to the video. So I don't like that one very much either, but I will link them both down below. Um, so they're just kind of a pain to set up, honestly. So most of my videos, I'm just outlining. So I'll just do like, okay, point one, point two, make sure to talk about filming, make sure to talk about editing, make sure to talk about, you know, whatever. So I will just write that right in the Asana task. So when I go to film, I just pull up Asana and all of my notes are there for me. It's also nice if you do have a team because then that's really how we keep in touch about what content is coming up and all of that kind of stuff. So. 
that's what I do there. Okay, so that's kind of all of the pre-production work that I do for the most part in terms of idea generation. Then it's time to actually shoot the content. Again, there are three main types of videos that I do on my YouTube channel. I do vlogs, which is just like casual, follow me around style, week in my business kind of videos. I do sit down videos where it's just kind of like a talking head and I do video podcasts. Video podcasts I added this past year or so. It was like, I'm already recording a podcast. Let me make use of this content and just set up a camera in front of my recording situation. So that's something that I would challenge you to do if you do have a podcast and you're looking to start YouTube, just repurpose that content into a different format and vice versa. If you are filming YouTube videos and you wanna start a podcast, just put a podcasting mic in front of your face. I don't know why I always used to be self-conscious about this like I don't think people care really what really works for me in terms of production is batching not everybody loves to batch some people really need to be inspired or really need to be in the mood but for me it works quite well so I try and on a normal day if I was filming this podcast today and I felt good I don't feel good like my eyes literally dripping I would probably film a couple video podcasts or a couple videos in this setting right here since I took the time to get ready and set up and everything like that. Obviously I'm not doing that today, but in most cases I will film a couple videos, at least two to three videos at once just to knock them out and have them in the queue. For my, let's start with the sit down videos. I have two main filming environments that I like to shoot in. So I film in this setting here where this is kind of like my living room slash kitchen area. I shoot in my office, which is more of a office, I guess. And those are like the two main places that I film sit down videos. So about this environment here, I have a window on my left side. It's kind of like I'm sitting at an angle from it. So it's mostly lighting up my face, but if you can see, I'm looking over at my monitor. It's a little more lit on this side, it should be. This side is a little darker because there's not a window right here and the window isn't straight on me. You can see when I move, like how my face, how my face lights up differently. So for lighting, that's usually a more flattering angle for most people rather than having the light straight on just because you get some of those shadows and things like that. That's all I use for lighting in this environment. I don't have any other lights set up. Even my overhead lights are off. The challenge with using natural light is that it is up to the world um, in what it wants to do. So you'll see, and you might notice even throughout this video, if you're watching that the lighting changes, it's inconsistent. So as the sun starts to go down, it's gonna get harsher, and then of course it's gonna get darker. That can be a little bit of a challenge, but I will say that natural light is the best light. I think these videos look the best. Personally, you guys can let me know what you think of what filming environment you like the best, but I think they look the best. They look the most natural. All the colors are the truest, but you do have a time schedule. I can only film like before, you know, golden hour for it to really look good. So window, and then I have my camera, you know, straight in front of me, probably one, two, three, four feet away, I would say. Yeah, something like that, four or five feet away. I use a Canon 80D for my main filming camera and I have a Sigma art lens on it. I don't remember the exact specs on it, but I will link everything down below. And then I use a Manfrotto tripod that it sits on. I really like the one that I have. I'll try to find the exact same one. It's pretty affordable. I think it was like 50 bucks or something. Now for audio, if I am filming a regular video, a non-podcast video, I use a boom microphone. It's the Rode video mic pro or something like that. And I use actually this boom arm 
for this as well. But the difference is that my boom mic is up above my head. So you don't see this in the shot. I just position it. So it's like pointing towards my face kind of, but above my head. So it's like just out of frame. So to be honest, sound is probably the thing I'm the least confident about. I, I went to school for video and I never was good at sound. So I was always a good editor. I never understood sound. So I'm sure there's better setups, but that's just what's worked best for me over the years. Sometimes you will see people use that same microphone, the Video Mic Pro, and they'll just put it on top of their camera. But the issue is I'm like four or five feet away from my camera. So you might as well almost not use one. Also, my camera does have an internal uh, microphone, but again, I'm far away from it. And the internal microphone quality usually isn't that good. So that's what I use for that. Now, when I'm filming the podcast in this environment, the difference is, you know, I use the same boom arm and I just lower it. And then I use this microphone, which is a, sorry, my eye, I'm just going to talk like this for a second, if that's okay. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm closing my eye because my eye hurts. Um, or itches. I use a Samson Q2U for my microphone. I think I'm going to upgrade it soon, maybe at the end of the year. Um, it's, it's not the best. It records really low. Like the volume is really low, but it's a pretty good microphone. Again, I think it's like a 50 or $60 microphone. I've had the blue snowball. I've had the blue Yeti and I have had a bunch of like off-brand microphones and this one, and this one is my favorite, even though it's cheaper than even like the Yeti. I think it sounds a little bit better. And then what I do is I record into my laptop. Again, there are more professional ways to do this. I don't have like a mixer and all that stuff. I'm not that professional. So I just record into my laptop, but you can record you know, in more fancy ways if you want even higher quality audio. So that's what I do for this environment. Now for my office, what I do, there's a couple of different ways that I film in there, but the key to keep in mind is that I do a three point lighting setup in there. I, I'm not trying to sell this by any means at all, but I do have like a really mini course about my video content creation, you know, um, process where I do actually show you the three point lighting setup and how I have it set up in my environment. So if you want it, I will link it down below. Again, no pressure. I'm, I'm telling you a lot of what's in that video in this podcast, to be honest. But a three-point lighting setup is basically you're going to have one light in front of you. I do it a little at an angle, again, just keeping in mind the shadow of my face. If I did it straight on, my face would be like really evenly illuminated, but I like to have just a little bit of shadow. And then you have a fill light that's filling up the rest of kind of your body, not just on your face. And then I have a backlight that is actually sitting right directly behind me that lights up the background. That office doesn't have any um, windows. So it's a blessing and a curse because the lighting will look really consistent. I can film any day, any time of day, and it will look the same more or less. Whereas out here, I am at the sun's mercy. So something to think about when you're planning out your filming setup. In my new house, we're building a house right now. I will have a window, which I'm kind of excited about, but I think I'm still gonna get blackout curtains for it so that I can turn that off if it is a super sunny day or something like that. For vlogging, I use the Canon EOS M5, I think. It's a little like handheld camera and I use just a really cheap microphone in it. I'll link it again. I'll link everything down below. And for that 
camera, I use a wide angle lens. I'll link it. I don't know what it's called exactly. Wide angle lenses are really nice for vlogging because I look at some of my old vlogs from when I was in college and they were just like so close up. Like all you can see is my head. I'm like Mrs. Potato Head. So having a wide angle lens lets more of the environment in behind me, which adds to the storytelling, especially if I'm maybe not so much in my house, but especially if I'm at an event or I'm doing something, it just is more interesting to look at. And you wanna keep those same principles in mind, the lighting principles in mind when you're vlogging too. You know, you don't wanna film in a completely dark room. You wanna have some lighting. You wanna film with your face towards the window, maybe even a little bit at an angle. So I use all those same elements. And then I use a little tripod. It's a Manfrotto mini one to kind of help stabilize the camera and also so I can set the camera down while I'm doing something and things like that. Now, I also wanna say, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I also want to say that you don't have to be this extra. Like I should have said that at the beginning, but you really don't have to be this extra. I'm unveiling everything I use, but you can get away with using your iPhone for vlogging. You can do a lot of things differently. I just want to be like super, super clear about that. So sit down and I batch film and I usually just change my outfit um, in between just because I think it just makes things a little more interesting to look at if you are seeing different outfits in between videos so it doesn't look exactly the same. I might change my hairstyle or put on um, a different lip color or something as well. Then I take the video off of the camera with my SD card. I take the audio and I actually, for the podcast at least, I condense them. There's a, tool, a setting in Final Cut Pro where you can combine the audio, which is really nice. It auto syncs it for you. So I don't have to match it up with my lips. For the regular talking head style videos, that audio is automatically synced. It plugs right into my camera. So I don't need to do anything extra there. Then I start editing and I've been editing for a long time. This is actually something that I wanted to ask you all about is would you ever be interested in like a live edit with me? I mean, it would take like eight hours. It'd be an entire work day, but I've kind of been wanting to share that just because it is sort of second nature to me. I've been editing for almost half my life, probably over half my life actually. So is, if that's something you'd be interested in, let me know. Maybe we can do like an unlisted live. I don't think most of my YouTube audience would like it, but maybe it could just be like a cool, chill co-working day or something um, where I really walk you through everything I do to edit. I'll just say in this video that I use Final Cut Pro to edit, I edit in a couple phases. The first pass is just to cut. So I cut any ums, I cut large spaces. Sometimes I have to stop and like think about what I want to say. I cut anything weird. Like if I'm like, you know, touching my hair or, you know, adjusting my outfit or whatever, I do all that. Actually back it up prior to that first round of edits. What I do is I do color correction and audio adjustments. So I do it to the whole clip so that I don't have to do it to the individual clips. So I will make sure that the color looks pretty balanced. Sometimes it looks a little too blue. Sometimes it looks a little too orange. Sometimes it's too bright, whatever. So I do that and then I do the cuts. And then the third pass is going through and adding all of the graphics. So I'll add words to it, you know, pop-ups on the screen, titles, things like that. I will add B-roll. B-roll is like video that's playing while I'm talking over top of it, I will add, you know, screenshots of, and things like that. Then I export the video and I upload it. I upload the video, obviously. I go back to that SEO optimized title. I'm gonna use that as the title. So again, we said vegan pepperoni pizza recipe. Now, what I'm gonna do is use that keyword throughout the description box as well. You get only a couple of places on YouTube to add text 
which is how you rank for SEO. It's how, if you ever Google something, you might see YouTube videos pop up. It's because of, it's because of a number of factors, but one of the factors is SEO or search engine optimization. So you want to make sure to take advantage of all of that text space in the description box for this video. I might say today I'm sharing a vegan pepperoni pizza recipe. Many of you have asked me about plant-based pizza recipes. So today I'm sharing my favorite one with vegan pepperoni or something like that. Like you see how I'm using that keyword again in the description box. And then I'm also going to use like an alternate, maybe plant-based, maybe vegan pizza, whatever else I said in the description box. And it's important to have this in the first few words too, because that's what pulls into the YouTube search. So um, you'd never want to keyword stuff, obviously, meaning I'm not just going to write in my description box, vegan pizza, vegan pizza, vegan pizza. I'm going to use it in a conversational way, but you do want to repeat it throughout your description box a couple more times just to kind of help with ranking. And then there is an upload default section of your YouTube settings that really does the rest of the work in the description box for me. So I created just like a little description box with um, some of my most popular courses because I often, people who watch my YouTube videos will ask me about my courses. So I like them to be in there for them. So they're easy to find social links, um, FTC disclaimers. So if you do any sponsorships on your YouTube channel, it is important to disclose if you are working on a paid partnership with a brand. So you want to add that in there. And then the tag section for the first tag, you want to repeat the video's title, and then you want to use some of those alternate keywords that I already mentioned. So maybe it's plant-based pizza, maybe it's vegetarian pizza, maybe it's vegan pepperoni, maybe it's vegan pepperoni pizza, like just kind of repeat some of those tags. I also like to use my own name, the name of the podcast, things like that, because sometimes people might just search for Latasha James or Latasha James blog or Latasha James podcast. And using TubeBuddy is great too, because they give you some suggested tags while you're um, typing. So you can just use the plus sign and add those to that. Now, YouTube, I'm pretty sure they have said that tags don't really matter that much. And I don't really know if that's true, to be honest. I always max them out though. I always use the maximum 500 characters or as close to that as I can get in my tag section. I don't think it hurts. Then, oh my gosh, talking this out is like, there is a lot to it. We've uploaded the video. We've added the tags. We've added the description box. Next comes the thumbnail. And I do have a couple of videos on thumbnails on my YouTube channel. They're pretty outdated, but I mean, the basic concepts still remain. I mostly edit in Canva now. It's just really easy. The thing I'll say about this is you want to, in most cases, use this as another area to communicate your title. So like, okay, vegan pepperoni pizza recipe is the title of our video. But instead of just repeating that onto the thumbnail, what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to say like easy 20 minute dinner or something like that. I don't know. Cheap vegan meal idea or whatever. Like you're going to actually use that as like an alternate title almost because if somebody doesn't click on your video because it's called vegan pepperoni pizza, you want to call out something else about the video or phrase it in a way that might capture their attention instead. I'll try to think of some examples. Like, let me look at my YouTube channel actually. Okay. So like my Q and A that I did last time, instead of just writing Q and A and like showing me holding a phone, I'm actually showing some of the questions that I answered. I say gender roles, dream job, healthcare, etc. So I'm giving you like a teaser. This actually started, I like to use this term from my 10th grade, I think ninth. No, my ninth grade honors English teacher. She told us this is how we should write our research papers is they should be evocative and provocative. So they should evoke, you know, they should tell a little bit about 
what the video is about, but then they should also provoke you to want to click. And provocative, like it's not in the sense, the traditional sense of being like clickbaity or shocking or inappropriate or anything like that, but you just want it to, you know, activate some type of emotion. Like, oh wow, Latasha's talking about gender roles. This is kind of a hot topic. Like I want to click on that versus me just saying Q and a, like, you know, the social media manager portfolio website reviews is another good example because the thumbnail says what your SMM website needs. So I'm, I'm using like an alternate title in the thumbnail. So that's what I'll say on thumbnails. I also, every time I shoot, I sit down and film, I pose for a thumbnail at the end of the video so that I can just screenshot that. So I'll do a Something else I'll say about thumbnails is try to connect your eyes to the camera. People like faces and people like connections. So if you're like looking off, I notice this is just my like anecdotal experience is that if I'm looking away from the camera, people don't like it as much. People like to really be connected to you. And then I also have a bunch of photos. I do a few photo shoots a year with a professional photographer, just so I always have them on hand. Sometimes that just looks better and looks more professional, but at the very least, I always have the still from the YouTube video that I can use. So I'm not forgetting to do that. Then after I have the thumbnail, I upload that thumbnail. And then the last couple of things that I go in and do is I add cards. So cards are when I go, hey, there's a video right here. And then you can click on the eye and pull up a list of suggested videos. So I do that. Um, I'll go through any time that I mention another video or even if I don't mention it, but if I'm like, oh, I talked about Canva design, here's a Canva video. I'll go ahead and add that. And then I'll also add the end screen elements, which is just what happens at the end of the video where it allows you to subscribe to my channel or watch a different video. And lastly, I think this is lastly, I do the timestamps. So this is a newer feature that YouTube has rolled out, although it didn't work last week. So I'm like, did they unroll it out? I don't know. If I find out the answer, I'll put it on the screen here, but it enables users to skip to different parts of the video. I really like it because I do talk a lot sometimes and sometimes people just want a quick, quick answer to something. To use these timestamps, you have to start with zero, zero. Um, and you have to say, hey, this is the intro. And then at zero 30, that's where I start talking about vegan pepperoni. And at 125, that's where I start sharing the recipe. And these are clickable in the description box of the YouTube video, but then they also show up on the player. So I always add those in too, just so people can skip ahead. It's also another great place to add keywords in. So again, I'm not stuffing, but saying, Hey, here's where I talk about vegan pepperoni. Here's where I talk about the pizza recipe. Those are additional things to think about in terms of SEO. So I think that's it. Then I publish it or I schedule it, add it to a playlist. This is also important too. I have different playlists. So I have a podcast playlist. I have a Q and a playlist. I have a vlogs playlist. Those are also, those also like factor into SEO somehow. I don't really know how, but they do. So I always add things to a playlist or if people just come to your YouTube channel and want to binge, if they're like, I love her podcast. I love her vlogs. They can just go to that playlist. And I think that's really truly it. Of course, I respond to comments and all of that good stuff. I try to let them sit, like the videos kind of sit and marinate for a little bit of time. Something I've noticed, and this is just personally, if I go in and respond to comments in the first 10 minutes or so, that's usually where I end up being in a bad mood because the trolls are usually the first ones to comment. They're the ones to like thumbs down your videos instantly and leave a mean comment. So if you let it sit for a minute, you're gonna let your true community see it and you know, the majority of the comments will be 
normal comments. So that's just something I've learned over the years. I'll usually come back a couple hours after uploading to respond to comments, heart comments. If you heart users comments, they get a notification. Okay. So that's it. I think again, let me know if you'd be interested in like a live edit with me or any other YouTube content. Honestly, I really love video. It's the thing I've been doing the longest in my life really, but I always feel some, I don't know. I feel like you guys don't care about it or maybe I, it's, it's imposter syndrome and I don't feel like I have anything to teach about this. I don't really know, but let me know if you would like to hear more about it. I also wanted to tell you, I have gotten some questions about Vlogmas. I've done Vlogmas for years and years where I vlog every single day in December last year. And I think maybe the year before I moved to a weekly format. So I would vlog every day, but I would just condense it into a weekly video. I do plan on doing Vlogmas again this year, probably in that same format, but I think I'm going to challenge myself to post on other social platforms as well. So I've been experimenting with TikTok. Uh, obviously we have Instagram, Instagram reels, Instagram stories. So I might kind of do a weekly vlog, but then also do some different video prompts for other social channels in between no full guarantees and still figuring out what my filming schedule looks like, but that's the plan. And I thought, you know what I asked on Instagram the other night, I was like, would you guys participate if I shared some vlogmas prompts? Because I hear from a lot of you that you want to start video marketing or you want to start TikTok or you want to start Instagram, but you don't know what to talk about. So I created some prompts that I will go ahead and share. It's a Google calendar invite. So if you click on that, you can add that calendar to your calendar and it'll actually just prompt you every day to create a video about a different, a different topic. I call it business. That's what I called it last year. So if you want to join in, you can use the business 2021 hashtag on YouTube on Instagram, on TikTok, and I will try to respond and watch as many of those as I can throughout December. So starting December 1st, I'll have a different prompt for you every single day. And I'll link that down below. It's of course free. I'm not even collecting email addresses for this. So I think that vlogging every day, or at least, you know, often really does help you just kind of dive in and learn a platform really well. And it's also a great way to build community, especially if other people are going to do it and participate. So let me know in the comments, if you plan on participating, I'll share more about it as uh, it gets closer. So yeah, I think it'll be really fun. I hope you enjoyed this video. I hope it was helpful. I will link a ton of stuff down in the description box. I'm sure I forgot things. So I will leave some additional information down in the description box. If you enjoyed this video, please leave it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. You can also subscribe on Apple podcasts and follow the podcast on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. And I will talk to you in my next one. Bye.